0: Ladies and gentlemen, to episode 3 of Sportsman Like Conduct. I am Mitch Blossberg, joined alongside or across from Mr. Christian Boomer. Christian, how are we doing today?
1: Well, we're surviving. We're getting through it. Uh, the, the fact that we don't have a spring break this semester kind of hit me over the weekend, and so now I'm just taking it day by day and trying to get
0: through it. Yeah, it kind of sucks this year, uh... We uh, coming out of, like, middle March, we sadly can't use a Raskiller excuse of we were on a break. Right. That kind of breaks my heart a little bit. But All right, all right so let's just jump right into it. Uh, Saturday night will be a night. Um, if we go to the history books for Detroit sports, uh, in a few years we'll figure out if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. Uh, the Detroit Lions uh, have traded Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams of all teams in exchange for a third-round pick in the 2021 draft, a first-round pick in 2022 and 2023, and quarterback Jared Goff. First of all, I'm going to point out last episode, I threw out that idea, yep. and somehow it stuck five days mm-hmm. later. How that happened, I don't know, but I'm giving myself a well-earned pat on the back here. For a rebuilding team, well, Christian, just overall thoughts on his first broke, and then obviously let's go over like how this trade could shape up and who's going to win, who's going to lose with this deal, you think? Well, I think it's a really interesting
1: move for both squads. You know, taking a look at L.A., they get a guy who, you know, now the word on the street is they feel they're a quarterback away from being a legitimate Super Bowl contender and I think that that's, you know, certainly backed up by the fact that they have a really good defense and then some exciting young weapons out wide at receiver and things like that, so hey, this is a good move for them. Sean McVay, one of the brightest minds in football, gets to work with a quarterback in the popular opinion about now and it's funny how the narrative's changed and the past week, about how he was, you know, before he was a moderately injury prone quarterback who would never win a playoff game and just kind of a stat pattern, to now he's one of the top five quarterbacks in football and he's going to lead the Rams to the promised land. So that to me is a little interesting. And then flipping the script of the Lions, I love it. In uh, Jared Goff, you get a quarterback who has something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder and he's a guy who is. You know, if, you, if you're if you a person who values playoff wins, this is a dude that's been to a Super Bowl. You know, this is a guy who's went into the Superdome and won a playoff game. This is a guy who's went to Seattle and won a playoff game, albeit, you know, he didn't start that game. He had to come in and had a little bit of a thumb injury going on. So, yeah, he's a, he's a guy who certainly has a lot left to prove. He's got some accolade. He's been a pro bowler. And a lot of people view him as a stopgap, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a long-term option just because he's so still just... You know, a young, relatively young quarterback and with a lot to prove. And if he's surrounded by the right guys, you know, Dan Campbell's made it very clear that in his introductory press conference that he didn't need a guy, and you know, he didn't need a world-beater at quarterback. He needs somebody who's good at the scheme, a smart football player who can get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And, I mean, Jared Goff at least somewhat fits that bill right now, and only time will tell if he gets any better.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing that sticks out to me, and I kept reading this, was an interview he did, I believe it was Mike Silver reported, saying mm-hmm. that Jared Goff... But just happy to get to a place where he feels appreciated. I think that speaks wonders into how the relationship between him and Sean McVay has gone over the past year or so. I think, obviously, both quarterbacks get a chance to really prove their worth. I think Stafford want to go to the contender, but it sounds like he wanted to go to anywhere but New England. Yeah. Which disproved my theory. I told the Christian off the record. Which will stay off the record for all eternity now. But... uh you know, it's been for Detroit. You get a quarterback. Yes, the contract is big. I'll agree with that big hit. But once after once the twenty twenty two season ends, and you know they decide you know, you need to go elsewhere, quarterback the two few years you have your roster kind of set the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the guarantee, I see almost all the guarantee money is um taken care of. So getting so cutting that would be uh, not a big issue. Right. It could be a stopgap, but also. Let's never get he's to form number one overall pick. Yep. He's a guy that is definitely the top half in the league with quarterbacks. He's a guy that also wanted a fresh start, and Brad Holmes saw something in him. There's a reason yeah. why they traded six picks to Tennessee to get that number one pick and select him. And there's a reason why, since McVay had showed up, the Rams have been found success with golf at quarterback. Yeah. So, I think a new start. I think now, with, I'm honestly really excited to see what Anthony Lynn could do with him. Mm-hmm. I think the Lions are a couple pieces away offensively. If you show the receiving core and fix the right side of the offensive line, that offense could be humming if it stays healthy. Then obviously you got to take care of defense, but we'll get to that later. But for the Rams take two, um, boy, this better work. Yeah. Because they've gone all in with a lot of guys. They've gone in with Dante Fowler Jr. They've gone in with Jalen Ramsey. They've gone all in with some other guy. I can't think of that in my head. Now they've gone all in with Matthew Stafford, who, look, Stafford, great quarterback. I think he'll do well. The thing is, though, he's 33, and he's been banged up the past couple of years. If he holds up, L.A. has a really good shot at being the heavyweight, heavyweight NFC. The problem is that division is going to be a, yes. an absolute four-way slugfest. Mm-hmm. Especially the 49 Niners are healthy again. But, uh... Yeah, honestly, if this doesn't work out for the Rams, it blows up in their face. McVay's out the door in two years with Stafford. Right. Do you think
1: that the NFC West is the best division in football right now? Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think Arizona's getting better. Uh, they're obviously with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Kyle Murray; those are two of the most exciting players in football right now. Yeah. Seattle's been, a, you know, they're gonna be there, and then LA Rams, and then San Francisco. If they can get it figured out. I think they're a team that's pretty bummed out that they missed out on Stafford. I think they were pretty in on him as well. So, yeah, that's I I second that, that they're the best division in football, and I just I don't think there's another maybe the AFC North, the AFC North with Cleveland and Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh, and then if Cincinnati can get it figured out. But yeah, I think it's a it's a win win right now on paper, and then only time will tell. I agree with your take on McVeigh, where now
0: all of a sudden his future is almost aligned with Matthew Stafford. It's Stewart died at this point for the Rams and for the Lions. You have uh, five first-round picks the next three years. Um, they, want someone, they want to be a team to build the draft, kind of start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think either way, even if they keep the picks or try to trade and accumulate more, they're set in a good spot. Uh, I was watching First Take with my roommate this morning, and I mentioned, like, the last player to get dealt for three first-round picks happened to be Herschel Walker from Dallas to Minnesota. If people don't know how that deal went, um, yeah. the Cowboys kind of fleeced Minnesota and wound up getting, basically drafting their core to build a team that won three Super Bowls in four seasons. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen out of the game. But I'm saying, like, we're starting to see the blocks for something potentially like that to build a good core.
1: Right. They're in a good spot with all these picks. I'm always going to be skeptical because, especially, you get to that late first round. and if uh, the, I want to call them St. Louis, but they're the Los Angeles Rams now, um, and and the problem with that is if they're as good as they're supposed to be now with Matt Stafford, those aren't going to be very good first-round picks, and sure, it's a first-rounder regardless, but you get into that 28-29 region, and I understand it's not like the NBA draft where you've got six or seven guys and the rest of them are headed to the G League for the rest of eternity, but... You're gonna to have to hit. You're gonna to have to hit on a lot of these picks, and especially if you do end up getting late first rounders. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and package a St. Louis pick or two, and maybe get another asset or something like that. But I agree. I think they want to build this thing through the draft, and they want to get their own guys. and Brad Holmes obviously sold the organization on his ability. Excuse me to to find and, and point out talent. So. Gonna do it with his
0: way. I also love the fact you said St. Louis just there. Yeah. And now do you want, I mean, well, I can't give it too much flack because I'm still the guy that says the Oakland Raiders and the San Diego Chargers mm-hmm. to this day. So, yeah, that was the big news come out of Detroit. Um, but we're recording this on a Monday night. We gotta talk about Sunday. This big, this big game. Well, kind of a big game. It's a big game on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl Fifty Five. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs so far, I think they're a three-point favorite. Um, Man, I know we kind of hinted at this last week, but we saved a lot for today. Um, What are you looking for in this game? What are your expectations, and how do you think this game's going to shake out?
1: Well, to me, it's all about the secondary for Tampa Bay because, you know, and you talked about it the last time we chatted, the the pass rush for the Buccaneers. is They've got to bring pressure, but at the same time, if Patrick Mahomes is running around for however long and then still finds a way to get the ball to a receiver, it's, it's all for naught. So I'm looking at guys like Sean Murphy Bunting, to you know have a big game. They have to Sean Murphy Bunting obviously. He he does what he you know three interceptions in three games, which is a rare error, I guess. And I'm gonna I'm blanking on the other Carlton Davis was the other one. Uh, he's got to have a big game too because it sounds like you know Kansas City's gonna be full strength. The Sammy Watkins and Le'Veon Bell is gonna be back, so they're gonna have all their weapons. And you're you're looking at the the Tampa Bay defense because. offensively, I think Tampa Bay is going to be all right. I think that their run game, you know, playoff Lenny, another nickname that I hate, um, doing what he's been doing over the past, you know, a couple of games of the playoffs. And then really, you can never bet against Tom Brady. And as I'm sitting here thinking of a prediction to make, and I've gone back and forth on this. I think I picked Tampa Bay last week. I picked Tampa Bay on Maroon and Bold, and I'm going to stick with that. I have to stick with it. Uh, Give me Tampa Bay 31-28. And Tom Brady wins number seven with another
0: clutch late game drive. Boy, you know, I think whatever team can find a way to run the ball is going to win this game to get the pressure off the quarterback. Which team is going to be able to keep doing that? Um, You know, that's a TBD until I think we get to halftime and see how it's looking. Um, You know, I know I know I talked about during the CMU football season, it's all about war in the trenches and... I mean, let's be honest, that's 100% truth, especially in this game where you have two-skilled quarterbacks, two-skilled playmakers. Uh, if you can keep your quarterback upright, you're going to win. If not, it's going to be a long day. Uh, I agree with you that you can't bet against Tampa Bay. You can't bet against Brady, especially in February. However, three times we know we've seen you can bet mm-hmm. against Tom Brady, and... As much as I like this Tampa defense, and as much as I am concerned about this pass about Tampa's pass rush against Kansas City's second string offensive tackles, you know I think the stick on brand, and I can't agree with you. I'm gonna go Kansas City. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a 38. I'm sorry, a 37, 34 absolute slugfest. Points going crazy in the second half. First half to be a feel out. It's gonna be under 40 points. I feel first half and second half, but they're just gonna explode.
1: Yeah, and, and to your point, Mitch, you know, you, you, when we when we break down these games, we try to analyze them. There's a we're very on brand. I was a high school skill guy, receiver, and defensive back. You were a high school offensive lineman, so we both appreciate our respective areas of the game, and I think that's why we work so well together.
0: Absolutely. So, Super Bowl MVP, who's your pick? Boy,
1: I mean, it's very on brand to go Tom Brady. However, I'm not going to. Give me... Hmm. There's a name in my head that I think is going to blow you away. I don't want... Okay, so... Give me Scotty Miller as a dark horse MVP candidate. Just because, you got to think, Mike Evans... Okay, yeah... Antonio Brown, yeah. Chris Godwin, yeah. Scotty Miller's gonna catch a touchdown on Sunday. He's gonna catch a touchdown on Sunday and it's gonna be in a big moment. It's gonna be very Santonio San Holmes-esque. I'm not saying he's gonna be falling in the corner of the end zone. I'm gonna say I'm saying he's gonna catch a game-winning touchdown, he's gonna have a really good game. Scotty Miller's gonna be the Super Bowl MVP.
0: I actually like the pick. However, he's not gonna win it because the winner of the Super Bowl MVP will be Drum Roll, please. Mr. Travis Kelsey. Okay. Out of nowhere, I feel. Not really out of nowhere. But hey, you know, you have a guy who's named Cheetah as your number one receiver. You have a four number four, four overall pick in Sammy Watkins. You also have. Uh, Mr. Miko Hardman, who fumbled a bump return, hid in the bench, covered himself in a coat and <laughs> shame, and then to turned around and got a touchdown. Can we appreciate that, by the way? I absolutely appreciate that. Can we
1: appreciate, can we appreciate Andy Reid getting the ball to the red zone and then finding a way to get him the ball and get his confidence back? Absolutely. That is absolutely good coaching. That was astounding when I saw that, and I, I looked at my roommate, who, you know, he gets it. He played football in high school, too. We uh, Obviously, we're no NFL guys, but. He, we both understand the inner workings of football and the mental side of it, and we both agreed that like getting the ball in his hands after he just committed a gap like that, like that does wonders for his confidence. And as soon as that happened, man, it was like a whole different ball game.
0: I think it's too to like Kelsey. You mentioned like Jamal, Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis, and Sean Murphy Bunting. They're gonna have, they're gonna have their hands full with every yes. single core. When you talk about two young safeties, who will. Not even come close to matching up to the size. Who yeah. will be on par at like ability-wise with Travis Kelsey. That's going to be the mismatch nightmare Tampa. I don't think. I think they're ready for it, but I don't think they'll be able to cover Right. i like going to be with Kelsey. I'm not going to go quarterbacks because that's just way right. too simple. He'll probably get it, too, if we're being
1: honest. If he throws for 300 yards and 290 of them are to Travis Kelsey, who's still
0: going to win the MVP. I mean, I mean, two hundred ninety yards by receiver—that's Super Bowl record, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's
1: hyperbole, but <laughs> I'm trying.
0: Right. You get, you get the point. I guess so. It's a quarterback. award. All right. So let's do me all that and um, let's try something new here. We're gonna talk about this throughout up until the end of April. But let's throw our let's throw our UC mock draft version one
1: point Okay, so are we doing it like are we alternating picks? Like, are you gonna be odd? I'm gonna be even, or well we'll each talk our own routes to the top ten. Okay, okay. I gotta pull up the picks
0: first. Okay.
1: So yeah, um I've got I think one through
0: five. I think one through five I think we might agree with. I know probably the first first pick. Alright. One second. Yeah. Alright, so it's the U C on sports contact happens, but the U C mock draft version one Jacksonville Jaguars have been on the clock since January. Um, Do we really need to debate who the first pick is? Can we both agree on the count of three? One, two, three. Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence.
1: No, but can I just interject with a
0: quick opinion? Why in the world, on draft night,
1: are the Jaguars going to use up all ten minutes like the team with the first pick always does? It's like, dude, you've had since the last second of your last game to make this pick, and you're sitting there wasting everybody's time. And I get the visual aesthetic and ESPN and this and that. But I guarantee you the Jaguars are going to spend at least seven minutes before turning their pick in.
0: It's off a show, my friend. It's off a no show. No kidding. All right, so, number two, the New York Jets. Boy, um, a lot, of, I mean, obviously these will change as, as you know, the trades progress and we'll figure out clear after quarterback. Number two to the Jets, Christian Buer, With the second overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the New York Jets will select. Zach Wilson. Okay.
1: Yeah, Zach Wilson. He. He's got. He's gonna be the dude that the, you know, he comes from BYU. There's not really a whole lot out there. Not gonna have a love a pro day, but he won't be out there at the combine. He's gonna be one of those dudes who's gonna benefit just by like, not being a name brand commodity. Like we've talked about Trevor Lawrence, we've so beaten his narrative into the dust. We've done the same thing with Justin Fields. but Zach Wilson's on the up and comer, we've only seen what he can do right. And so his narrative is going to be, it's going to skyrocket. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if New York trades out of this because I think that Sam Darnold is all right. So, you know, give me Zach Wilson tentatively, but that could change with time.
0: I'm a, so, for me, Mitch says, with the second overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Devontae Smith, Ooh. wide receiver, Alabama. I'm assuming right now Sam Darnold stays with the Jets. That's my assumption. I think for them to give up the price tag to, to get to Deshaun Watson, you are doing more bad than good. It's going to take at least two or three first-round picks, which they can't afford to lose. Right. Yeah. And the way also the quarterback market going to shape up these big contracts, like, it's going to be too big a risk. I think Darnold mm-hmm. sixth around one last year prove it. But, you know, defensively, they had some guys opt out. They're still like getting some pieces all over the place. But the one spot I think we all know what they were lacking was a playmaker on offense. Just get the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, I think him and Darnold can have some real chemistry mm-hmm. together. I'm excited to see what they can do. So, that's so. Uh, Christian says, Zach Wilson, quarterback back BYU. I say Devontae Smith, wide receiver of Alabama. Let's get to pick number three, the Miami Dolphins from the Houston Texans from, for the uh, Laramie Tunzel trade. Boy, they're looking themselves in the rear end after that yeah, one. Okay. So, Christian, with the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select... Devontae Smith. Fair enough. For reasons that you... Yeah. And I think that the chance that,
1: you know, the, the Miami Dolphins went out and got Charlie Fry, who worked with Tua at the Elite 11. There's a comfort there. You get him with a guy he played with in, in college. I think that they're all about building around him, and the chance to add another comfort
0: level piece would be nice for them. So for me, the third pick in a 2021 NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select... Jalen Waddle, okay. wide receiver, Alabama. Same reason as you. Get a good weapon that Tua can be comfortable
1: with. Right, and I think that if Jalen Waddle wouldn't have got hurt, he'd have been above yeah, Devontae Smith. I
0: think so, too. So, I think we all agree there. So, yep. we, so, we get to number four. With the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons, according to Christian, select... Justin Fields. Quarterback, Ohio State. Yes.
1: Explain. Matt Ryan's done... He's, he's, he, you know, if he was, if they weren't, they're just so bad now. Like, after the Super Bowl, they've just been just on a straight downhill. I don't know how else to describe it. They've just, like, Super, whole, super Bowl hangover times a 1,000. And so, they're going to need to start over. I'm not saying they're going to cut Matt Ryan or trade him. But I think that putting Justin Fields or, and Trey Lance is another one I could see, especially since Trey Lance seems like he's going to be a little more of a project. Uh, but I think Justin Fields is the right option here,
0: and I think he goes number four. So for me, the fourth overall pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft, according to Mitch, the Atlanta Falcons select Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU. Let, I'm going to be very honest, but Matt Ryan's contract and you saw a compensation LA had to give give up to get rid of Dobbs' contract. Matt Ryan has more money and more years. Yep, and they can't afford to pay the price tag to ship that contract off. So for me, it's probably another year or two. For me, before they can actually move off, off Matt Ryan and be like not in a cap hell, right? And a guy like Zach Wilson, yeah, we saw some flashes from BYU this year, but to my knowledge, that's kind of all we've seen, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, we we see what happens when uh, we've seen a quarterback go top five or top two. We've seen one year starting have a good success, and he's probably have a job this year. Yeah. So obviously, I think he needs a year or two to just sit, mature, learn from a guy like Matt Ryan, who has won MVP, who has been to a Super Bowl, but. Like we said about the Falcons, that whole organization just needs a whole new reset. Mentally, that organization has not been the same since blowing that twenty-three lead. Sorry to the Falcons fans, I had to hear that again. Um, you know, just have some guy, have someone, take someone afford this quarterback class, which I'm not totally sold yet. Uh, just have someone sit for a year, and then grab the reins down the road. I know. So, pick number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Christian. The fifth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select. Pinay Sewell. I have the same pick yeah, too. So. Offensive line, Oregon. Right, he's, he's Oregon. Correct. So I think we can both agree that after seeing Joe Burrow go down the way he did, that offensive line needs work everywhere. Yeah. So we're in the same agreement here for that pick. So we're the same for two. That's bad. That's not bad. 40%, right. we agree. Right. So the sixth overall pick, the Philadelphia Eagles. With the sixth overall pick in the two thousand twenty-one and NFL draft, of the NHL, the gamer Christian Brewer says the Philadelphia Eagles will select Jalen Waddle,
1: wide receiver at Alabama. All right, I think that he's just a, another weapon, and you know the owner wants so badly for Carson Wentz to be the hero, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's their day one guy. But also Jalen Hurts, you got to build around the young quarterback, so. They go out there, get an offensive weapon. You know, I think it's, if Sewell is still around they take him, I think Jamar Chase is certainly in play here. Uh, but give me Waddle
0: just because I think he's got the higher upside. So I so I won't go with the whole spiel. of that because I also had a wide out. For me, at Philadelphia at 6, I had Jamar Chase out of LSU. Uh, say what you will about Justin Jefferson last year, but I think we knew Jamar Chase for probably have more talent. I know we didn't see him play this year because he opted out, but I feel like he needs a more receiver. What you said totally works, too. I think we agree it's receiver mm-hmm. for affiliate six. Yep. So, we went to seven, two. A team that we know very well, the Detroit Lions. So, according to the gamer Christian Buer, with the seventh overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select...
1: Micah Parsons, outside linebacker, Penn State. I, I, I don't see a, a future where we go quarterback, especially, you know, in mine where you've got Lawrence... Wilson and Fields, although all three of them off at this point, at least on my side, don't really need a quarterback with Jared Goff. I think there's certainly a couple of, of second-round, maybe even third-round options, you know, like Kyle Trask, you get a quarterback. I know that's the popular pick. Everybody wants the Lions to take a quarterback, but you've got to figure it out on defense first. The defense is a lot in a lot worse shape than the offense is, and so for that reason, I think you go out and get
0: the best defender in Micah Parsons. Okay, so for me personally, I feel this is the, where the first trade of the draft could be if... These kind of big-name receivers are gone. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think once those are gone, the only big playmaker you can see left is Kyle Pitts, and the only other tight end. Yeah. So I think for me, this is a spot where you can see the first trade. If the Lions could keep staying in the top 15, they do it. Uh, but for me, also, I have Michael Parsons. I was really close to that saying a lineman here. It's because I you the right side, the old line needs short up. But like you said, Michael Parsons, the last the thing Lions have been missing and they haven't had since the Andre Levy is a quality linebacker. hmm so I think that's where it starts. I think that's the one area that needs the most attention today. So if meets Michael Parsons. So, pick number eight. going to Christian Buer with the eighth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select... <sighs> Jamar Chase, wide receiver at
1: LSU. I think that, you know, he's the last one standing. I think that a lot of people aren't sold on Teddy Bridgewater, but at the same time, I think that he's... Still kind of finding his footing. I think he could use another year. And there are certainly some pressing needs, especially on that offensive side. You know, obviously they've got running back lockdown with Christian McCaffrey, but if you can go out there and get a playmaker, a wide receiver, one, uh, that does wonders. Um, uh, quarterback still a play here, Trey Lance, but I think at the
0: end of the day, go get a weapon. Go get a weapon and then let the chips fall as they do. I'm picturing Jamar Chase, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, all in the same receiving court. I, um, I don't want to be a DB in the NFL, trying to guard all that. Right, and I mean you could have an average quarterback with all those weapons. So for me at eight, I was flip flop, but I decided to go this route because the way it fell, according to Mitch, with the eighth overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. This to me is a match made in heaven, based off the style of play Fields has, Mm -hmm. and what Matt Rule wants out of a quarterback. I feel. I think, obviously, he found success with P.J. Walker at Temple. We saw him step in and do well in that system. Uh, Fields is athletic enough, mobile enough, and obviously a really good arm when he's on a consistency. I think very similar to what we I said about Zach Wilson. Obviously, Teddy has one year left. He's a great guy I feel to learn from. Uh, I feel Bridgewater West is just a stopgap guy, honestly, for them. But I think also I pick, also pick I'm thinking here, too. If Fields is gone, I feel Kyle Pitts. Out of Florida, yeah, well, I think would be a perfect fit for this too because we mentioned Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. had a tight end to that. That's a mismatch. Yeah. I think mean, a Travis kills is someone. So for me, that's why I feel. Uh, so let's go to pick number nine. The Denver Broncos, Mister Boer with the ninth overall pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft. The Denver Broncos select Rayshon Slater, offensive line, Northwestern. So we agree on three. Yeah, uh, actually,
1: four. Yeah, Slater's a good pick here. I think that you wanna give it you wanna give Drew Locke every opportunity and, and, and giving him another offensive lineman is certainly good. Give him some more time to throw, but at the end of the day I think Trey Lance is very intriguing here at nine. Um if you gave me two more minutes, I may talk
0: myself out of this pick, I'm being honest. Okay, so I also have translator shot slater. The thing is that with Drew Locke, like I think he's honestly a good quarterback. He's not the same level as the top two quarterbacks in that division, but I feel like he's the number three quarterback in that in that division. I think he has a powerful arm. I think you just give him some more time. Obviously, he had two rookie uh, weapons with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler trying to find their footing. You no offense, now going to be in his third year in the league. Like I guess I just keep just keep him up right? Garrett Bowles proved to finally, you know, become a quality NFL starter. Get someone to go opposite of him and protect the other side. So I think it's a safe fix. So. Last pick number ten. Um, I'm not gonna say America's team because they've been America's team since 1995, right. in my opinion. But Christian with the tenth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Patrick Sertan. Dan. Yeah, they need DBs. I agree with you too. I think everyone keeps saying O line, but Tyron Smith, Leo Collins, and Zach Martin all had really wicked injuries this year. Mm-hmm. Um. When you lose three starting linemen of that caliber, especially with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin maybe being the best left tackle and right guard of the past decade, and Leo Collins being no joke at all at right tackle, uh, you're going to suffer. The problem is, though, outside of Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Jayon Jay, uh, Smith, yep. almost said Jayon, so I think you Brown, Brown and Leighton if is healthy. No one else on that defense I think is safe. Right. That's the issue with Dallas. Not really as much as the offense, especially if the X back hill they, they hang on to him. It's the defense, and obviously I think he's the best defensive player on the board at this point. I think honestly, there's this draft class is weird for me because normally there's like there's not that you know bona fide stud number one surefire pass rusher or, or yeah big big physical guy in the trenches like we've seen in years past, which is really strange.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you have got some low level guys like. I mean I've seen uh Quiddy Pay's name thrown around. Um Rousseau from Missouri, I believe, is another one. But yeah, I think he nailed it. Usually there's one or at least one pass rusher, just bona fide guy that you need to go out and get. I think that even next year's class with Kayvon Thibodeau has that, but it I guess we'll see. The draft picks to me are like
0: lottery you know, they're lottery tickets at the end of the day, and you just hope you can scratch off enough winners absolutely I've been doing a lot of these mock drafts uh, my free time I just been a lot more than that but that was uh, the UC Mock Draft version 1.0 we'll keep these coming on eventually we'll throw in some trade scenarios too as we get more a better idea of how we feel this draft's gonna go but Christian are you ready oh yeah are you sure you're ready yes sir positive mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen it's time for Ken Christian hey so today's topic topic that I love, but I feel you're going to get your rear end kicked in. Are you ready? Right. This is Can Christian hang with the 2007-2008 Detroit Red Wings, the last Detroit sports team to win a championship. Christian, are you ready? I am. Question one, this is going to be, I'm probably a meatball here. The Detroit Red Wings went with two starting goalies in that season. Yes. Name both goalies. Um, Chris Osgood is
1: one, correct. The other one was older. Started with an age. Shoot. Um, son of a gun. I looked at it today. I have his jersey downstairs from a different team he played for. Hannick. Hannick. Is that his last name? No. I, I'm going to get one out of two here. Give me Osgood and then I... Well, Jimmy Howard. He, Jimmy he, Howard. He did start, start two th-
0: games, but I'm not counting that. Okay. <sighs> Shoot. Um, Would you like a hint? Yes. His nickname was The Dominator.
1: Okay, so it was Dominic Hanek. It started an
0: H though. Close, I can't give it to you, That was Dominic Hasek.
1: Hasek. so gun. Alright.
0: So I'll give you a sorry, there's no half points given, you have to have both. The sorry, but Dominic Hanek, I don't think he's ever been an NHL player. No, oh, probably not. So, question two. The playoff run was pretty magical. Obviously, Dominic Hasek, not Haneck. But I got, got yanked after four games. Oscar came in and just ran the table on fire. Second round against Colorado, though. Um, it's a four-game sweep, but Johan Franzen arrived onto the scene. Mm-hmm. He had a hat-trick leave in game two and scored just a crazy amount of goals in that series. He broke the, he broke the Detroit Red Wings single playoff series uh, goal mark. Christian, in four games against Scott Rowe Avalanche. How many goals did Johan Franzen score? Nine. That's your final answer. Yes. It is nine. Correct. (laughs) Shot in the dark. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay, so, your third question. I'm looking for a player name, okay? Okay. So, this member of the 1989 Northern Michigan National Championship team was drafted by the Wings in 1989. After two years, was dealt to Winnipeg and spent 13 years with the Winnipeg-Phoenix organization and the St. Louis Blues before rejoining the Wings for the season to win his first and only Stanley Cup before retiring and running off into the Sunset. Who is that player? Well, sheesh. Um.
1: Let's see, 07, 08. See, I am familiar with a couple of players on this team. I'm not... Nobody I'm thinking of was, was this, though, this guy.
0: Um Hmm. You can't tell I'm smiling big time right now. Folks. Yeah, he's, he's got, got me.
1: He's got me, but I did get one. Excuse me, I'm going to go on a limb. Let's go on a limb, folks. Got a branch, but a limb. It's not Bertuzzi. It's not Zetterberg. It's not Pavel. It's not Lindstrom. Sheesh. He's me with some good names here. Well, yeah. I'm f- I am mean, I didn't live under a rock. Um... Hmm... Drafted in 89. That dude is like ancient. Um, I really don't know. Let's just go out on a limb here. I feel like you're tricking me. (laughs) I'm not tricking you. I
0: feel like it's Hashik. It's not. Okay. Okay. Hashik actually started with Chicago, spent a lot of time in Buffalo, in Detroit, a little time in Ottawa. I thought
1: that's why you threw the other
0: jersey in there. No. Okay. That was my answer. The yeah, correct answer was Dallas Drake. I wouldn't have got that. All right, so. Never heard. Are you ready for the bonus question? Oh, I got a bonus question. It's going to be a some of, of a a B-I-T-C-H-L. We'll see. So. will yeah, be careful. We all know process. about the O-A Finals, right? They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes. In 9 they clashed again. But during the midseason, Pittsburgh made a trade. They traded Ryan Whitney, a former top-ten pick and current co-host of the popular hockey podcast, yes. Spittin' Chicklets. They traded him to the Anaheim Ducks for a forward who was a big part of their three Stanley Cup wins and a Ferris State alumni. Who is that forward?
1: Is it Evgeny Malkin?
0: No, he's from Russia, buddy. Oh, okay. I won't get that. That's not an answer. No.
1: For some reason, I had a feeling it was Evgeny Malkin. Ferris State alum. Yes, sir. (sighs) Shite. Go dogs. Uh. Latang was a defenseman. Correct? Letang was a defenseman. He was a defenseman. Okay, so it's not him. I thought I knew this. I swear I thought I knew this. When I say the name, you might go, oh, boy. But. Because he was, like, he played. This dude played, right? He was a big part
0: of the three. I don't
1: know why Malkin was the first name that came to mind. He's from freaking Russia. Um... It was the other guy.
0: Those of you who know this answer are screaming through the now. Uh, it's not the right first now. time. What is it? Who is the it? The answer is Chris Kunitz. Kunitz, okay, yeah, I probably wouldn't have got that. So, one for three, don't get I the guess... bonus, but I threw the absolute right hook at him at that. One. I guess I, yeah. So, I yeah. I didn't live under a rock. So, yeah, if you have any ideas for trivia or for topics for Christopher Trivia, hit me up on Twitter at RealMitchVBerg. Berg is spelled B U R G. Yeah, so, can Christian hang? He didn't today. So right now, as of right now, Christian is now four for nine overall, Sheesh. and I believe one for three in the bonus round. You depend what, depending on what sport we're playing. I'm either doing really good or, or really, really bad, bad right now. It's all right. So that was can Christian hang? So now let's go to quick takes, Christian. Yeah, I got a couple of fun. things to
1: throw at you. First one, and I'm surprised it's not on this rundown here. Nolan Arenado got traded. To the St. Louis Cardinals, just give me your thoughts on that.
0: Boy, St. Louis just pulled away with the NL Central. I don't think it's even going to be close this year. I think Milwaukee's still a ways away. I think their pitching's not quite there. That could be a wild card team. The Cubs are shooting payroll left and right. Their pitching is an absolute uh, pile of heaping trash now. Uh, Pittsburgh is rebuilding or trying to do something. I don't know what the hell Pittsburgh's doing. (laughs) Excuse me. And... uh, Cincinnati's just trying to cut back on payroll, but, they're, but they remind me a lot of the 2013 Tigers. Good, great starting pitching. Powerful lineup. No bullpen help.
1: Now, moving on to another topic, and I know I'm kind of coming at you blind here, so if you don't have an exact answer for me, that's okay, but the NBA All-Star voting started this week. Mitch, if you could,
0: give me your five for both sides. Boy, um... I don't really keep up with NBA. That's the one sport I don't keep track of. But just kind of shooting from the hip off the top of my head here. I'd say in the West, obviously LeBron, AD, you got to be in there. Mm-hmm. I think. Just off popularity, I would personally vote Steph Curry. Yeah, he's been good. I would put Donovan Mitchell in there. And I would put uh, Jokic in there. I guess that right? Yes, That's the like big Jokic. guy yes. And then the East, well, obviously got to put on Johannes. I think at this point you have to put in Bradley Beal, the way he's been playing, and the rest of the team has played like, God, trash. Um, Boy, the rest of the East. Because I'm biased and I like the guy, I'll put John Collins in there. I also put Trey Young. And um, I just need a center, don't I? Yes. You can just say Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, I get throw in there.
1: I missed Katie in there. You didn't say Duncan Robinson, though, so your ballot is null and void. Okay. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my third one for you, just a simple one. Mitch, if you could tap into your to your general manager senses, just give me your outlook on the Detroit Red Wings through this point in the season.
0: Well, obviously, um Yeah, I think we're starting to see the fact that the bottom six, their scoring depth is not there. I think a lot of it right now is over in Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think obviously it's going to take a year or two for even those guys to really produce well at NHL level. Um, They're playing tough physical hockey. They're keeping competitive for most of the games. It's just, you know, the teams that have more talent, the more experience, the ones that have more cohesion in their units for the past couple of years, like, Dallas, obviously, he swept two, I think. Obviously, some of the guys Chicago had uh, were really good. I think Columbus is a bit shaky. Carolina, I think, could still mm-hmm. be a bit shaky. But, you know, like we mentioned before, like, that division is probably the toughest, one of them, if not the toughest, in the NHL. So, you know, I think it's just patience. Um, obviously, you're rely on guys like Larkin, Mantha, Zadina, or and Bertuzzi, and Bobby Ryan. Um... You blue Lane's solid, but there's no one in there that makes me go, oh, wow, this guy is going to be an absolute animal. Even though a big Danny the Karser guy, he's just solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Grice is, again, solid, but nothing to – I mean, I think there's no one right now in the roster today. Like I mentioned, the defenseman. Like, there's no there, – everyone on the roster is like, oh, they're solid, like top six, easy. But there's yet to be a player, I feel, you can make the case for Larkin. But everyone else that the roster, nobody makes you sit down there and go, oh, wow, this guy is a point-of-game player. This guy is just an absolute phenom on the ice. I think it's just still taking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're only in the second full season of the Iser plan. Uh, they will have four of the top 64 picks in this year's upcoming draft. So they'll to get some more players. I would see the other young guys from Sweden on uh, the World Juniors, other players, look real good. Uh, but, again, it's just going to take time. It's just patience. Like, get every Detroit sports team right now. is about... Right about this level. Like, them and the Tigers are about similar. Mm-hmm. About it takes their rebound. Like, baseball takes longer. and NHL is, like, second longer. And the Pistons are just, you know, wiping the clean slate. So are the Lions. But... Yeah, obviously, it just comes down to patience. Uh, I don't think there's one trade you can make to be successful long-term and short-term to really push for a playoff spot and continue to make that the next five years without sacrificing too much. So... It just takes patience. hmm yeah, That's me. There you go. So, a new segment we're going to throw out. It's called The Question of the Week. So, Christian, I saw I was on Twitter the other day, uh, yesterday, and I decided, you know what? Something of like this would be fun to throw out. I like question that mm-hmm. So, my question for you is, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in person at a sporting event? The weirdest?
1: Hmm. Two really come to mind. One from when I was younger. And then one from a little bit more recent. So my first, oh, I'll go with this one because it's kind of relevant. So Central Michigan played at Michigan in the big house. This would have been I think twenty thirteen. Correct. Um, and this was the Devin Gardner, but also Shane Morris's first game, and everybody was stoked about Shane Morris. And he actually got to play when they were pounding CMU. CMU, Zerlon Tipton broke his leg on the first drive and missed the season. Uh, Cody Cater started that game, fun fact. And then he went out with an injury, and Alice, Alex Niznak, Ithaca product, finished the game. Um, really, though, the weird thing to kind of cut to the chase, we're up probably 40 rows, I'd say, maybe more. And there's this. Family that comes up ahead of us and it's this man this woman and woman is just unbelievably obliterated And it's weird because like I get it people party people tailgate, but it was weird for me because I was about 12 And I wasn't really familiar with the outside world too much I was a little bit of a sheltered boy and um, This lady turns around to me After like the second play of the game. and She just goes are you having fun? And I said, yes, it's my first game at the Big house. of course I'm having fun. And she says, well, that's great. She turns to her husband and just vomits profusely. (laughs) I mean, it was, I'm still (laughs) a touch scarred from that experience. Um, and from then on, I was just terrified. Like, I wanted to go home that instant. Um. Then again, it's like that's what the real world is, Christian. Like that's what it is, man. And but that was my first experience really. Uh, but yeah. So that was my that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened.
0: Was it's, it so, so that's, was that's your first game in the big house too? My only game in the big house at this point in my life. Dang, so we so I so no fact you also met a kind of a belligerent person at your first CMU football well, game. Well this person
1: was a a lot cooler. He B understood football And C, could actually, like, speak and function. The lady at the big house was not. I mean, she was out, man. She had to be... And the sad part is, and I won't get into which player, but she was wearing a player's jersey, which meant that she was potentially affiliated with a family, and I won't get into that, but...
0: Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting interesting experience. So, my story's not going to top that, but it's still... To me, it's still weird, so... My first game at Wrigley Field was August of 2017. It was the Chicago Cubs against the Cincinnati Reds. John Lackey against Homer Bailey. And in the fifth inning, I witnessed a late 30s, I think it was his last game in the league, or second last year, John Lackey stole second <laughs> base. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The whole team erupted. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this really just happened. But awesome. also in that game, too, mind you, this is when... Alex Avila and Justin Wilson got shipped over for Isaac Paredes and Heimer Gene. Candelaria. Yeah. yeah. So, me and my buddy Joe are sitting. We're, like, second deck between, like, home plate and third base. Really good seats for like, 40 bucks. We couldn't believe we got a great deal. The guy's behind me because uh, Wilson Contreras was hurt at the time. So, Avila was, was catching that day. And the guy behind me says, hey, that's Avila. The guy they got from Detroit. He's a stud. And I turn back to the guy and says, yo, um, Tiger fan not a stud, you're wrong. He's like, okay, so what's going to, so, so alright, so what's going to miss the bat? I tell him, sir, he's going to take strike one, he's going to fall off strike two, he's going to look at ball one, he's going to swing and miss a strike three. Alright, you're on. Guess what happened? That, is that exact same thing. sequence. Tuck strike one, fall off strike two, look at ball one, struck out looking. Alright, so next at bat, he, he, uh he looks over to me, and he says, hey, tiger guy, what's going to happen next? I tell him, hey, He's gonna take strike one, take ball one, take ball two, and he's gonna ground out to third base. It's like, okay, you're on. Take strike one. Looks at ball one. Looks at ball two. Next pitch, t- smokes it. You off the bat. You know it sounds good. Avila, like, he looks, and kind of flips his bat a little bit. The crowd's up on their feet. It's going. It's deep. To I field. Track off the left field wall. The longest single I've seen hit in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> he pimped the thing and it was gone in America, maybe, but Wrigley, no. So, that's my one uh, good Wrigley story. So, what are the tonight's Powerball numbers,
1: Mitch? If you're such a psychic. Well, I like. Better four- yet, what are what are whatever this? What is this going to go out Thursday? Yes, sir. What are Thursday's Powerball numbers, Mitch?
0: So, there's five numbers for Powerball, right? Yeah. So let's go with four twenty. Fifty four, sixty nine, ninety nine. All right, you heard it here first. And if that hits, I better get about eighty percent of the I was gonna say gut. somebody's gonna make a crap ton of money. In that case, you're welcome. And also, I have student loan debt. If you can find me, please help me. So,
1: <laughs>
0: before we wrap this up, any last thoughts? No, sir. All right. Before I go, I gotta say congratulations to Fernando Tatis Jr. being named a cover athlete for MLB The Show twenty one. Probably to be the last copy of the show that I purchase, because once I finish up this PS Four, I'm not going to invest in the PS Five. I got a in life. So good call. Same here. <sighs> yep. So, man, excited for Sunday. I am. I just got my roommate just got a brand new sixty five inch uh, TV for got. this. So uh, we'll be amped. So you have okay. a big get together. We'll see what happens. I'm going to get some friends over. Obviously, you're more welcome to spring by if you like. But I'm going to try and make some foods too. I'm going to try and bring out. Uh, my homemade chicken strips again. and oh, uh, there you go. I found some. I've been digging around on Pinterest. Thanks, Mom, for the idea of some recipes. I found some good tips. I found some uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, inspired colored uh, Rice Krispie Treat Balls. One That's I sweet. Let's so, yeah, see how it goes. So, Anything else you want to get off your chest, wives, before we sign off for the week? No, sir. All right. So, for Christian Boer, I'm Mitch Fosberg. I can the ice